Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here primarily for you, because you and I are the only ones responsible for our health. Or we can be, you know what, just do not care about our health or think we don't have any responsibility, or that we can make any effort to change our health. Our health is not based on the roll of the dice. Not our, our bad health is not due to God not liking us. God loves us. We're his children. But we are responsible. Every choice we make influences our health and either makes us healthier or unhealthier? Are we making good choices as to how to improve our health? Plenty of sleep, good, healthy diet, and plenty of exercise. We can make many good choices. And so we are here every Saturday and Sunday just to share with you choices that you can make, and I know people all across the country that I've talked to, when I'm doing lecturing throughout the country, I meet people every day that have changed their life, not by drugs, not by a doctor's directions or recommendations. Doctors have no knowledge whatsoever of health and nutrition. They are looking for diseases. So they're looking for the side effects of our choices. And then they try to repair them. Or cover the symptoms. But we can make choices. I have met people with cancer, arthritis, type 2 diabetes, obesity. And they have changed their lives by making better choices. Everything we do, everything we eat at every meal, the clothes we wear, the amount of time that we spend in front of the TV with chips and dips, or the amount of time that we use to exercise. It's all a choice. How many hours of sleep we get, it's a matter of choice. And if we don't sleep well, we have choices too, as well, to sleep better. So we are here to help you understand more about how to have better health and how to have a vitality that gives you the opportunity to do a lot more as we get older, because as we get older, we have more complications, more conditions that may need to be treated by drugs, but 98% of our conditions are treatable by lifestyle choices. That's it. I don't care how old you are or what life you are trying to challenge, uh, being challenged with or what conditions you are being challenged with. You can change your life by changing your choices. So today we have a lot of good topics. 
And one of my best, my best topic today is how to have healthy hair. And if any of you out there know me and know me personally, I don't have any hair. And the little bit that I have, I shave off. But we can't talk about healthy hair because women should have very luxurious, healthy, strong hair. It's not as easy for men. But women should not lose their hair. And they should have plenty strong, healthy, luxurious hair. And you can do that with a number of natural ingredients that improve the quality of your hair. Unfortunately, hair loss is common, especially for women, but also for men. But a common condition in men, genetic male baldness, is one of the commonest reasons for men losing their hair. But 40% of women, 40% have visible hair loss by age 40. And 80% of women will have noticeable hair loss by age 60. For women, hair loss is frequently associated with Hormonal changes, pregnancy, menopause, but also today many women are losing their hair due to having the infection associated with COVID-19. And then there are other many reasons for hair loss. Medications, chemotherapeutic drugs, extreme stress traumatic illnesses in surgery, cosmetic routines. Some of these cosmetics that women use to beautify their face, skin, and hair contain chemical dyes, very harsh chemicals, blow dryers, flat irons, and genetics. If your parents had thin hair, you are more likely to have thin hair as well. Autoimmune diseases. For example, lupus. And one of the most common conditions for hair loss in women, thyroid disorders. Hypothyroidism. Underactive of the thyroid. Women lose more hair They see hair on the pillow, in the sink, in the shower. Having a normal thyroid function would go a long way in preventing hair loss. And anemia, another reason for hair loss in women. Now, how do you promote hair regrowth for stronger, more luxurious hair? Well, hair is made from a protein. It's called keratin. And amino acids, amino acids are individual aminos that are found in protein. Protein, all kinds of protein, animal and vegetable, are all made up 
of amino acids. And some of these amino acids are critically and essential for the formation of this protein called keratin. Two of the most essential amino acids are called L-methionine and L-cysteine. And they're essential for the formation of this protein that's found in hair. Now, through research, especially with cancer patients who lose their hair from the drugs used to treat the cancer, where there's a tremendous amount of hair loss, in a research in Japan, they found that millet seed oil. Now, millet seed is a little tiny round seed, yellow, and really round. Some people call it bird seed because you find it often in bird food, bird seed food. But it's a grain, very easy and very common to be eaten as a cereal. Millet seed oil, the oil that's excreted from the millet seed, is ideal for promoting hair growth. They found that when they fed and gave a supplement of millet seed oil, to cancer patients, they lost less hair from the drugs and regrew their hair more effectively after the chemotherapeutic drugs. In the millet seed oil, there's a compound called millicin. This is a key compound in millet seed oil that stimulates hair cell growth and regeneration. Shown in clinical studies to accelerate the regrowth of hair loss due to cancer and chemotherapeutic treatments of the cancer. And there are other hair growth, regrowth nutrients. Combined with millet seed oil, we definitely would want to add L methionine and L cysteine with vitamins A vitamin E, vitamin B6, riboflavin, or otherwise B2, folate, otherwise known as vitamin B9, biotin, pantothenic acid, zinc, and horsetail extract. Now here is a testimonial from one of my listeners. Here's what this lady had to say. The use of millet seed oil formula you recommend plus coconut oil hair treatment once a week successfully treated my old lady hair. Old, O-L-D, old lady hair. Everyone comments on how beautiful my hair looks now. That's just a listener's report that started using the formulation that I recommend for regrowth of hair. Now, here's a very interesting report. Don't treat back pain with NSAID drugs. NSAID, N-S-A-I-D, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like Tylenol, like ibuprofen. These drugs caused back pain 
to increase, increase, not decrease, but increase, and to linger longer after treatment. New studies reports that persistent use of steroids and the NSAIDs, such as ibuprofen, can turn a temporary back injury into a chronic pain condition. These are studies. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what we found in the research on scientific websites about natural alternatives versus drugs. So here's a new study that shows that the drug ibuprofen and others that are in that category can turn a temporary back injury into a chronic pain condition. And when it's chronic, it's much more difficult to treat. It's everyday pain. Long, long long-term pain. Not just a sore back one day, but treating a chronic pain condition. And treating pain with steroids or anti-inflammatory drugs like diclofenac. Diclofenac is also known as Voltaren. Very, very common drug sold throughout the world. And when I'm touring, touring through Europe, I commonly go into a pharmacy almost every day just to see what they are selling and what are their top items. And Voltaren is one of their top anti-inflammatory drugs. And it's the number one Voltaren cream in pharmacies everywhere. Now, diclofenac is the generic name of Voltaren. Resulted in pain that lasted 10 times longer than normal. By treating the back pain with these anti-inflammatory drugs caused the pain to become chronic and lasted 10 times longer than normal. Here's a separate human clinical trial in England. People taking anti-inflammatory drugs to treat pain were more likely to still have pain up to 10 years later. Oh my God, friends. 10 years later. When compared with people who treated pain with drugs other than NSAIDs, and otherwise using alternative natural methods. The researchers theorized that completely shutting down inflammation, and drugs do that. Drugs are so notorious of shutting down the body. Remember the drug called Vioxx? When Vioxx hit the market, drug companies and doctors said, we are now finally have a solution that will no longer have arthritis and they will no longer have pain or inflammation. Vioxx was so powerful, so powerful. That's what you don't want. Nature is in balance. 
If something's out of balance, whether it's too high and overexpressing or underactive, natural ingredients balance the pathways. But these drugs shut down the pathways. And in this case, Vioxx stopped all the inflammation. But we can't live without some inflammation or anti-inflammatory. We need it for injuries. We need to treat injuries, sprains, strains, trauma, and all kinds of other diseases. We need to have an inflammatory process, but only temporarily. But inflammation also shuts down the healing process, turning acute pain into chronic pain. So we need to treat it more gently and use a balanced method. So here's a better way to stop back pain. White willow bark. In a study of white willow bark, this is a tree, white willow bark from the tree, the willow tree, versus other conventional drugs, or treatments to treat back pain, 40% of the white willow bark group was pain-free in four weeks, while only 18% of the conventional treatment group was pain-free. White willow is much less likely to cause stomach upset or other side effects or even adverse effects then NSAIDs, such as aspirin, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Aleve, a really good solution would be to combine white willow bark with curcumin, boswellia, devil's claw, and DLPA for safe and effective relief of back pain. Now, we know that berries, berries have a tremendous amount of active compounds, particularly compounds that are called OPCs, oligomeric anthocyanidins. These are compounds, that's that's why we call them OPCs. And all fruit contain these compounds like OPCs. Grapeseed extract is a very, very concentrated source of these OPCs. But also other berries as well, like, like blueberries. In fact, blueberries have been shown to prevent dementia. So you can boost, boost rather your brain function with blueberries. Researchers looked at the effects of treating, eating, excuse me, blueberries in overweight, pre-diabetic adults, ages 50 to 65, who were also experiencing mild memory decline associated with aging. I think you understand the point. When we're younger, our mind is sharp. We have better learning skills. 
We have a better long-term memory. We're not confused. We can concentrate, focus, and use our minds. But as we get older, we have short-term memory loss and maybe even mild memory decline associated with aging. But for 12 weeks, half the participants that received a powdered blueberry extract equivalent to eating a half cup of whole blueberries or placebo. Now, this is so easy. Now, we're not using drugs. We're just talking about eating healthy fruits that can give you a tremendous boost in brain function and memory. Just equivalent to eating a half cup of whole blueberries or a placebo gave a tremendous positive effect when eating blueberries versus placebo. And the placebo, we know, is a fake pill. Participants were given tests of their working memory, mental, and flexibility. Blood sugar and insulin levels. Now, folks, these are just, this is, this is so easy. A half a cup of berries, like whole blueberries. And by doing that, here's the results. Those participants receiving a half cup, just a half cup of blueberries, had a 70% improvement in daily memory problems. A 12% improvement in word retrieval determined through a standardized testing. Actually, in the placebo group, there was a decline in memory and a 20% reduction in fasting insulin levels versus an increase in the placebo group. Very effective for type 2 diabetes. Insulin is a hormone that is called a fat-producing, fat-storing hormone. And because of all the sugar we eat, we produce so much insulin that takes so much blood sugar out and makes the cells sensitive, insensitive to the insulin that our insulin mechanism no longer works effectively in blood sugar. But these results are just by eating a half cup of whole blueberries or other berries as well. Strawberries, blackberries, aronia berries. Aronia berry is my favorite berry. Aronia berry has more of the anthocyanins than any other berry, several times more. I loved aronia berries so much, I planted 150 bushes of aronia berries in my backyard. So every fall, I have a very large bumper crop in most cases. A few years, I don't know what happened, but there were no berries to pick. I don't know if it was a frost when they were blossoming, but there wasn't a berry to be found. 
but usually it's a very large bumper crop. And you can find erroneous berries in your health food stores, maybe even some grocery stores, but because it's a very unusual berry, not known to most people, and I have to admit, they're not very good eating berries. You can juice them and drink the juice, or you can throw them, throw them in your shake or your protein drink. Uh, it, it's, they're very, very effective, very, very healthy, very helpful to repair the body's mechanisms and the metabolic functions of the body. Aronia berry, elderberry, strawberries, blueberries. There are many, many berries that are healthy and should be used at least three or four times a week, a half a cup. Now, cancer rates, unfortunately, are rising in young people. And I mean really young people. Children and teenagers are found to have an increased growth of cancer. And in fact, cancer is the leading cause of disease-related deaths in young people. This is a topic I want to spend a little bit of time on. And I'm watching the clock. And I have to break for a few commercials and for the station to identify itself. And I only have about a minute before we go into a break. And I don't want you to miss this topic to show you that we are heading in the wrong way in cancer research. There will never be a cure for cancer. Let me say that again. There will never be a cure for cancer. They're spending billions and billions of dollars on cancer research. We are, a cause, we are, we are the cause of cancer. Cancer is not outside ourselves and are attacked by cancer. We generate the cancer within our bodies. And while some people just don't understand or want to take the responsibility of eating a preventative diet, prevention of cancer is the cure for cancer. 40% of all cancers diagnosed today are caused by smoking, tobacco-related cancer. 30 to 40% of all cancers are caused by obesity. Now, you, we're talking about almost 70 to 80% of cancers are caused by two conditions that we can't control. So, with that, I'll be back in just a few seconds. Don't go away. I'll be here. I'd like to have you back here, too. This is Terry, naturally, with Terry Talks Nutrition. And welcome back, my friends. We're going to be here to the top of the hour. We have about another 25, 27 minutes left of the program. And I don't want you to miss this because I think it's a very, very important topic. Cancer isn't just cause by some unknown reason. We have enough information, enough knowledge, enough research 
to show that cancer is caused by our choices. Remember when I opened up this program today, I talked about choices. We have the choice to choose, right? We can choose to smoke or not smoke. We can, we can choose to be grossly overweight or in shape. And all that overweight and obesity is caused by our choices of what we eat. If you eat the right food, you can eat as much as you want of the right food and not gain weight and lose weight if you are overweight and regrow, re, excuse me, re, regrain, regain your health. There will never be a cure for cancer. We are the cure. Or we are the ones that start the cancer. And cancers can be caused by 30 or 40 years of abuse. Cancer doesn't cause, is not diagnosed because they just found it. It's been growing for 30 or 40 years. And we can reverse it. If it hasn't gone to such a late stage that it's difficult to recover. But they're finding that more cancer can be cured or reversed or prevented with such natural alternatives as curcumin, grapeseed extract, melatonin, and agraphis. In fact, in one study, with these herbal compounds, in a study of human tumors in animals, were reduced by 28% with curcumin in 21 days, 21 days. And OPC reduced, that's grapeseed extract, reduced the cancerous tumors by 40% in 21 days, and melatonin reduced the cancerous tumors by 50%, and andrographis reduced the tumors by 60%. Since melatonin and andrographis were the two most effective alternatives to reduce cancer, the tumors, human tumors, that they combined, the researchers combined melatonin and andrographis and used that combination for treatment of the tumors. And hang on. This combination of melatonin and andrographis reduced the tumors in the animals by 90%, in 21 days. Then the researchers did the same study with three cancer drugs in reducing tumors, and they could do no more than 10% reduction. 
and some was much less than 10%. And some of these cancerous drugs kill the patient before the cancer does. They're very, very destructive, very harsh. It's like trying to clean up the, the slums of a city with an atomic bomb. Yeah, it would work, but it would take a lot more with it of the quality of the city. You can't kill cancer with a bomb. And that's what they're trying to use today. And increase the bomb stronger and stronger, thinking that's going to kill the cancer. Or use a combination like a cocktail of medications to kill the cancer. We, if, a, if a healthy person, you and I, without cancer, would be put on a cancerous drug, in time we would sicken and die. So how can you make a cancerous patient well on a drug that makes a healthy person sick and die? We have to change our choices. Now, more people are getting certain types of cancer at younger, younger ages. The cancer rate in people age 15, 15 to 39 has gone up almost 30% in the last 40 years. What has changed in 40 years? We are using a lot more pesticides, a lot more chemicals in food, in our beverages, in our water, city water. There's far less nutritious foods available in the marketplace. Less than 9% of Americans eat the sufficient quantity of fruits and vegetables daily. So we are making bad choices And those bad choices influence the growth of cancer. Most common types of cancer in this age group, 15 to 39, are thyroid cancer, colon cancer, testicular cancer. And one key factor. This is is a shame on America. We are the superpower of the world. Well, we had more money until somebody else in Washington started spending it. But we're a very powerful, strong financial company, (laughs) financial country. We have the best hospitals in the world, the best doctors in the world, the best research in the world. And one key factor behind all this increased cancer rates is obesity, being grossly overweight. In 1998, the obesity rate for younger adults was 30%. In 2018, 20 years later, 
it rose to 42%. Some studies have suggested that obesity increased risk of colon cancer by as much as 70%. People that are overweight are just not out of shape. They are a time bomb for diseases. A number of cancers, all kinds of metabolic diseases, are caused by being overweight at various levels. You don't have to be obese, but just overly fat. And 91% of Americans are overweight. Almost 50% of Americans are obese. 48% of people of color are obese. 44% of Hispanics are obese. And 42% of American white Americans are obese. Almost 50% And they are predicted by the research if we continue on the same trend by the year 2050. 30 years from now, everybody in America will be obese. And you see this around the world. It's not just in America. It's everywhere because of the change of the food we are eating, the quality of the food, very high in calories of carbohydrates and sugar. I just spent a week in Italy and actually went through a bread-baking class. The bread is so superior to the bread that is sold in America. And they eat a lot of bread in Italy. You know, we might say, let's have a meal. They say, let's have bread. Bread is a staple for them with pasta. But it is made from a superior form of grain, not genetically modified, and the old grain of thousands of years ago has not been changed. In America, it has all been changed. And I have talked to people that have gone to Italy, gone to Europe, and said they can't eat bread in America. They're allergic to it. They don't feel good. They gain weight like crazy. In Europe, when they eat bread, they don't have those effects. So we are being changed chemically by the food we are eating, causing more cancer, more obesity. I don't see as much obesity in Italy as I would in India, where they eat a lot of rice, a lot of sweet, a lot of obesity in India. In Italy, I can't recall that I saw somebody who was 
a citizen, an Italian, that was grossly overweight in my week there. Now, of course, I didn't see everybody. Maybe there's some obesity. But I don't, you, don't, you can walk a block in America and you'll see somebody who's obese. I didn't see that in Italy. It's refreshing to see people that are living a better quality of life and eating genetically modified foods is a start to cancer. Now, here are the three big cancer risk factors. You can change. First of all, don't smoke. Smoking is associated with increased risk of at least 15 different types of cancer. And we control, you know, they can't figure out why we have cancer. They're looking for drugs. And they're coming up more and more new drugs. More expensive treatments for cancer. And we hold the cards to whether or not we have an increased risk of cancer or a lower risk of cancer. And smoking is huge. Smoking is associated with increased risk of what, 15 different kinds of cancer. Smoking accounts for 30 to 40% of all cancer deaths. And it isn't just of the lungs. 15 different kinds of cancer. Number two, do not eat sugar or foods that are high in sugar. Cut out sugar. Drinking 100 milliliters of a sugary drink, which is equivalent to about one-third of a typical can of soda. One-third of a typical can of soda. And I know people that drink six, seven cans of soda a day. I knew one gentleman that drank six Mountain Dew drinks a day. Just one-third of a typical can of soda daily increased the overall risk of cancer by 18%. Soda should never, ever be consumed by anyone. I've watched people in restaurants and two or three Cokes in the little time that I sat there and watched this gentleman drank three Cokes and I'm sure he does this wherever he goes. Now this one third of a typical can of soda increased the risk of cancer by 18%, increased the risk of breast cancer in women by 22%, and all under our control. We don't have to drink the soda. We don't have to smoke. We don't have to be overweight. And if you tell me you can't lose weight, I would agree with you, because you're not changing the foods you're eating. 
the foods you're eating that got you fat, when you reduce what you're eating, you'll lose weight, but you'll go right back to what you're eating before, so you'll gain more weight. You have to change the type of food. You have to give up sugar. You have to go on a low-carb diet. And here's why. Because of, an eight, of a 2018 dietary study found that adhering to a low-carb, low-carb, that means pasta, bread, desserts, all those grains, grains, and flour of the grains. So you have to reduce a low-carb, very, very low-carb diet, high-fat diet. Now, don't think that you're going to get fat. Fat does not make you fat. Fat gives you a better level of energy, a better function of your metabolic system. It's the sugar and the carbohydrates that's killing Americans. More than drugs, more than diseases. A high-fat diet, high-protein diet, low-carb diet was associated with a 60% reduced risk of brain cancer. Just one idea. And number three, avoid all processed foods. Every 10 gram increase in daily processed meat intake increases prostate cancer by 10%. Now 10 grams, just 10 grams, that is one-fifth of a sausage. And people eat two, three sausages. This is just talking about one-fifth of a sausage increases prostate cancer by 10%. You and I have a lot to do. I know it's not going to be easy because we have been so heavily influenced as to what we should eat and what we should not eat. And nobody, nobody wants us healthy. Doctors don't know anything about health or nutrition. Their knowledge is on drug therapy, surgery, and chemotherapeutic drugs, radiation. Drug companies don't want you healthy because they make their money from sick people. Don't let them take your money. Change your life. Change how you eat. Change your choices. All for the better. Now here's a fruit that is not commonly eaten. It's called tart, T-A-R-T, tart cherry. Tart cherries are very nutritious. And they're ideal for gout treatment. Gout, G-O-U-T, is a hot spot, warmth, heat, pain, swelling, and extreme tenderness in a joint. Usually the big toe. 
and it's caused by a deposit of uric acid crystals in the joint. A proven natural treatment is tart cherry, or most cherries, even the common cherry. A 2012 study of 633 people with gout found that cherry intake reduced gout attacks by 35%. In a survey of gout patients, the use of cherry juice or cherry extract was associated with a 20% reduction in gout flare-ups. Cherries are powerful antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, and they reduce uric acid levels in the bloodstream. Up to 20% reduction in uric acid levels have been reported after daily intake of tart, tart, excuse me, tart cherries. Now here are some more benefits of consuming tart cherries as a supplement. Arthritis treatment. After drinking tart cherry juice twice a day, people with arthritis of the knee reported significant reductions in pain and stiffness. I would much more enjoy recommending a supplement of tart cherry extract. While the juice works, the juice is also very high in sugar. We don't need to add any more sugar to our diet today as sugar is one of the most common causes of type 2 diabetes. We can take it we can take tart cherry in a supplement where there is no sugar and no sugar added. Now more benefits of tart cherries is the fact that it can reduce the risk of stroke. In animal studies Tart cherry consumption reduced blood pressure as well as helped modulate glucose levels for an overall reduced risk of stroke and type 2 diabetes. Also for soft tissue injuries, relieve muscle pain and inflammation as effectively as OTC drugs without the adverse effects. Blood pressure. It lowers the systolic blood pressure in men and early stage hypertension. Systolic blood pressure is the upper number, like the 110 or the 120 or the 130 or the 160. And tart cherry lowers the higher number in men with early stage blood pressure, high blood pressure, hypertension. Post-workout pain. Long-distant runners had almost 70% less post-exercise pain if they consumed tart cherry juice before a workout. Now, recommendations. Usually, I see a tart cherry extract 500 milligrams per capsule. 1,000 milligrams of freeze-dried tart cherry extract 
once or twice daily. So that means two to four capsules daily to reduce uric acid, arthritis, reduce the risk of stroke, help to repair soft tissue injuries, lower blood pressure, and reduce the post-workout pain when overdoing exercise. So the recommendation is two to four capsules, 500 milligrams each capsule of freeze-dried tart cherry extract once or twice daily. You know what? We've talked about cholesterol many, many times, but there's good reason to talk about it again. The HDL cholesterol, that means what we consider to be the good cholesterol, is good for your brain. 180 people, all age 60 or older, were evaluated for mental function through standardization tests and their levels of HDL cholesterol measured. The results, the higher the level of HDL cholesterol, the better the participant's mental function. Those with the highest levels of the good cholesterol, HDL, had roughly double the mental function and memory scores of those with the lowest HDL levels. Don't use a drug to lower your cholesterol. I just popped that in there because doctors want you to have a low level of cholesterol, which is absolutely insane, nonsense, ridiculous. Certain types of the good cholesterol, the HDL, are able to cross the blood-brain area, barrier, (laughs) too many Bs, blood-brain barrier. But we know the exact role of HDL in preserving mental function, while it's still not fully understood why it happens and how it happens, but we do know that when people do not lower their cholesterol levels, and have a higher level, they have much better health. More people die from heart attacks and strokes having low cholesterol levels. I hate to say goodbye, but that's about where I am today in this program. But saying goodbye just means I'll see you again. And I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, on Sunday, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And with that, my friends, it's your choice. Choose wisely. Choose well. Say a prayer for this great, crazy, crazy country. God bless you, my friends, and God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.